What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Then and Now Sports Podcast. Nick, we are recording this just two nights away from the kickoff of the 2020 NFL season. I am ecstatic. I might not seem like it, but it, it's just wild that football is back. I can't, I can't wait to watch my Raiders play. I, I, got, I got the attire set up for Thursday already, if I'm being honest. I already know what I'm wearing. I already know what I'm eating. Wow. I already know I already know what's going on on Thursday. Well, it's it's good to plan ahead and it's crazy how talk about planning ahead. The fact that the this NFL season is going to go on just as scheduled. I mean, knock on wood, but it seems like everyone has done fine in terms of keeping up with the coronavirus protocols and we, we're ready to go. And we, we're going to even have some fans. Opening night, Chiefs are going to host some fans. It sounds almost insane to think about. But I was also watching college football all weekend. Pretty much every game had fans in the stands. Except for the BYU-Navy didn't. But I was watching a Southern Miss game when they had fans in the stands. So it's, just, it's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, it is crazy. Also, that was a violent knock on wood you gave. I, I think Gruden would approve. I was hoping that... He would because I just drafted Josh Jacobs in the first round of my fantasy draft. So uh, I'm pushing all in on Gruden and Jacobs this year. Good for you. Good for you. That That's a good bet to take. Honestly, I don't know. I feel like your um, you know, your your AFC um team previews on, on the website. Then now sports dot com tell a different story. But we're, we're, we're going to let that go for now. Let, let's keep it moving. I told you before. Christian McCaffrey went five and eleven last year, so okay, that doesn't have too much to do with uh, the correlation. But uh, let's get into it now. We're just gonna see. So brought up the previews instead of doing last year. We did a full length podcast preview, and we went into as many things as possible. But we just thought with having all the previews up on the website, it'd just be better off to do a little mini week one pod. Talk about the most important games for week one and just get excited for football being back. And we're going to kick off Thursday night with the Texans and the Chiefs. So, Nick, this is a rematch of last year's divisional playoff game, which was unbelievable. You talk about the Texans going up 24-0. And then just like that, by the end of the second quarter, it's 28-24 Chiefs. And this is just going to be the third time that Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson have gone head-to-head. So what are you expecting for this third showdown between both of these quarterbacks who have proven that they're the future of the NFL? Um, yeah, like you said, um, the, the playoff game between these two teams was, was wild in a way we can only expect from the Chiefs. And I feel like this game is going to follow a similar blueprint, maybe some um, outlying factors that, that make this game a little different. But I think this this is going to be a classic gunslinging showdown between two of the great QBs in this league that are on the come up and in Mahomes case already there at elite status, won a Super Bowl and yeah, I, I just think that the Chiefs just have so much overwhelming firepower and it's going to be tough for the Texans to compete. Their defense is a little compete depleted compared to previous years. 
you know, their offense took a hit by not by trading away DeAndre Hopkins. We're going to see how they adjust there. And there's just a lot of interesting factors in this game that that make it so interesting. And it's going to be most interesting to see how these teams compare from last year. But but overall, I just think that it's going to be very competitive. I think Deshaun and Mahomes are both going to keep their teams in the game no matter what happens. And I can't wait to see the end result because I have a feeling it's going to be fun. So the thing I've been thinking about a lot is some sort of phase in the game, and this goes for all teams in week one, some phase is, if not both phases, are going to look very rusty because we've had no preseason games and we've had very limited action in terms of training camp. I don't think they've been having that many padded practices. I know they've had them. But in terms of a normal training camp, it has not been similar at all. So I'm just very interested to see, does this affect the defense more? Does it affect the offense more? Does it affect the timing of the offensive plays? Does it affect just the rustiness of, you talk about corners that have to cover Tyreek Hill. Like, are they ready to just walk in week one and cover Tyreek Hill? I think that's going to be Gary on Conley's job uh, Thursday night. So it's going to be very interesting to see who is rusty, who is not. Another thing I just want to bring up, week one is stacked with quarterback matchups. Uh, down the line, you talk about similar quarterbacks in terms of where they entered in their career as well. So, of course, we have Mahomes-Watson. These are guys of the future of the league. And then you go into some other games. The 2018 draft, which had four starters in the first, well, five quarterbacks draft in the first round, Four of those starters are going to play against each other. You got Sam Darnold and Josh Allen, and then Lamar Jackson will take on Baker Mayfield. Then another matchup we're going to talk about a little bit, Seahawks-Falcons. How about Matt Ryan versus Russell Wilson? Keep going down the line here. Aaron Rodgers versus Kirk Cousins. 425 Fox game, you get Tom Brady and Drew Brees crazy and i just think there's a lot of great off uh, quarterback matchups that are kind of all thrown into week one so if there's if you're a big fan of watching quarterbacks play i would say buckle in because this is going to be uh i think the defenses are going to struggle more with this adjustment from no preseason games so look for these quarterbacks to take advantage of that all day every day and if i could just finish up with the texans and chiefs Mahomes and Watson are the guys in this league. You talk about both guys throughout their first three seasons are top 10 all time in passing touchdowns. And it's just ranking through your first three seasons. But Mahomes, 76 touchdowns and Watson, 71 touchdowns, both in three seasons. These guys are on a very upward path to greatness in the league. And we've seen so little. I I wrote this in the article before with the Chiefs. I think it's crazy to think about the fact that I don't think we've seen the best of Patrick Mahomes yet. I think there is more for Patrick Mahomes to do. I think he has more to show. And I think that just should be scary to every everyone in the AFC, everyone who has to play him in the Super Bowl. I think teams should be absolutely terrified about the fact that you may not have seen the best of Patrick Mahomes yet. Um, I like your point about rustiness and... I think you did a good job of, you know, 
analyzing and, and telling everybody how that can, you know, weaken teams and and make them more susceptible to getting taken advantage of in, in certain ways. But maybe there can also be advantages to that as well. You know, uh, imagine a team like the Chiefs, if we're just going off Thursday night game, which is the topic we're talking about, um, like a team like the Chiefs, who has a lot who have a lot of returning starters starters on the offensive end. And, you know, there, there are connections built there. Mahomes has a great connection with Kelsey and Tyree Kell and maybe someone like Deshaun Watson, who has to adjust to having new weapons on his team like Brandon Cooks and and david johnson like you you guys see how like a shortened camp a shortened off-season cycle in general due to um the coronavirus is going to affect the rapport between players and new players coming in and i think that's going to be an interesting dynamic moving forward agree with that especially with new players coming in and there's been a lot of turnover in the league in terms of free agency and trades with star players you got like we brought up before deandre hopkins he's got to play with the new team now the texans you brought up uh, brandon cooks and david johnson there's new teams that you're gonna have no preseason games to really get used to so you're getting tossed into the fire right away uh one thing i want to bring up about david johnson actually he played against the chiefs in 2018 and he had a really big game against this kc defense which I don't think has changed that drastically since 2018. I think it has gotten better, but I, I think overall there are still a lot of the same pieces there. And David Johnson in that game went for 28 touches, 183 total yards, and two touchdowns. Now it's 2018. It's not that long ago. That's not 2016, David Johnson. This is somewhat reasonably uh, fresh David Johnson stats, but. Do you think he's going to bring any of that to Houston or do you think uh, the writing on the wall was apparent last year in Arizona? Honestly, like I in general throughout the whole season, I've been thinking David Johnson could surprise people this year. Now, he he might not be the um, the dominant player that he once was in Arizona, but I could definitely see him putting up a solid year and and just putting up respectable stats, if not further. I mean, this guy's a great pass catcher. He can, um, <clears throat> he's a versatile back in general. And I don't see why, barring injury, he can't make somewhat of a return to form. So to answer your question, if he has previous success against the Chiefs and this is the first game to make a statement this season, I don't see why he can't go off. Well... Let's get to the prediction now. We're going to predict all five of these games. It's going to be our pick five segment. And who you got, Texans, Chiefs? I got the Chiefs. Like, it, it's just too much. Like, like I, I listen, I, I do not like the Chiefs. The Chiefs have ruined multiple potentially happy moments in my life. And... But but I just have to sit back and acknowledge that Mahomes and this offense can can run through almost any defense in the league without you know, with with minimal pushback. And this Texans defense isn't a particularly strong unit. And 
with the firepower they have, I, I could just see them pulling away. Similarly to that playoff game that we were referencing earlier. But I with, with Deshaun Watson, I think the Texans do have a shot. And it's going to really boil down to execution and how both of these teams execute their game plans, how these weapons perform. Because like you said, you know, there, there are still question marks for every team because of um, layoff reasons, training camp reasons, and etc. So I really want to pick the Texans. Very badly, I want to pick them. Because I think Deshaun Watson's going to come out and have a really good game tomorrow on Thursday night. I, I'm confident in that. What I'm not confident in is the Texans' defense. And I think there's a lot of holes on that side of the ball. Uh, the defensive line, I guess you could say, has improved. They drafted Ross Blacklock in the second round. which was a pretty solid pick to help that D-line, along with J.J. Watt, and you have Whitney Merciless on the edge. It's it's They have some pieces, but I think overall the defense is going to get shredded by Mahomes and company. And I think high-scoring game. I see a very high-scoring game on Thursday night, and I'm going to see the Chiefs holding on. So we agree on that one. One for All one right. so far. So let's move on to, I mean, we could have picked a lot of games for one o'clock because there are a, a solid amount of interesting games outside of the two that we picked for this window. But let's start with Seahawks and Falcons. I, I think this has been a pretty good rivalry. If you take it back to 2012 when these two teams met in the divisional round and then they met 2016, 2017, that playoff year. They met in the playoffs that year, and they've always seemed to find each other along the way in the regular season. And this is now a Seattle team that brings in Jamal Adams to Atlanta, which counters with Todd Gurley. And I think both teams have potential this year. I I believe the Falcons can be on the level of the Seahawks. I, I do think the Falcons offense is talented enough for that. But they kind of fall in with the defensive questions that you have. And it seems like they owe, the past two years they've gotten off to a really bad start. And they haven't been able to overcome the bad start. So this is a very important game for the Falcons. I think it, you need to come out and make the statement early that this isn't going to be like the years where you stumbled out of the gate and then rebounded late. You, you have to come out and beat a good team in the Seahawks, which is coming off a playoff season added Jamal Adams. They're a good team, but I think they can be beaten. I think last year they played in the most one possession games in football. If I'm not mistaken, the majority of the games were decided by one possession. Maybe a couple were were two, but they squeaked away with a lot of victories last year. And I think the Falcons are able to win this game, but will they? That's remained to be seen. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the Falcons are going to stumble out of the gate. Um, I, <laughs> I think I think Russell Wilson. Um, last year, he really, he really solidified my perspective of him as an elite quarterback. Honestly, I I I have him as the second best quarterback in the league, behind Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know, like over the past few years, he has just continuously elevated my perspective of him and I really hold him in high regard now. And as we said before, with, with some of these, um, with, with how the connections between players are important. I think the Seahawks are another one of those teams where they have minimal, like 
they have minimal holes that that are filled and on the offensive side of the ball at least and you know that Tyler Lock Lockett and um Russell Wilson connection is, is going to be there you know and you just have a bunch of pieces on that offense that that served Russell Wilson well and served him well last year and I just think that's going to carry over into this year now on the defensive side of the ball like you said Jamal Adams we talked when that Jamal Adams trade first came out when the news first broke we did a podcast right away and we talked about how that you know how that move could really elevate the Seahawks into contendership status and I'm gonna pick with that in mind I really view the Seahawks as a Super Bowl contender this year now will they make the Super Bowl that's that remains to be seen but I'm gonna treat them with the respect that I said I was gonna treat them with so I'm giving them this win week one against the Falcons so my biggest question when it comes to the Falcons will always be their defense because their offense ranked fifth in yards last year they didn't rush the ball well. They ranked 30th in rushing yards, but overall, they put up to almost 24 points a game. The offense is not the issue, especially when you have Julio Jones, who, in my eyes, is the best receiver in football. And you got Matt Ryan, as dependable as they come at the quarterback position, Calvin Ridley, and then you add Todd Gurley. The offense is fine. Will the defense step up? And they made some moves in the offseason that did address the defense. You talk about the first two rounds of the 2020 draft. They take A.J. Terrell and Marlon Davidson. Two picks, I I think, have high upside. And I'm sure every pick in the draft has high upside. But these two two guys in particular, A.J. Terrell is uh, an athletic, talented, physically gifted cornerback who it remains to be seen if he can guard guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but we're going to find out week one. And then they brought in Dante Fowler, a guy who has experience with the Rams going to the Super Bowl a couple of years, Super Bowl uh, two years ago. And I think they've addressed the defense. It still has holes, but of course they got guys like Deion Jones and Grady Jarrett there. All that to say, Nick, I'm taking the Falcons week one. And this is a problem with me every year because I always talk myself into the Falcons. And I'm ready to get hurt again by the Falcons. I mean, if you say so. But that's our first disagreement of of the evening. So we have to see what else we disagree on. Moving on to the next matchup. Well, I, I think I have maybe not the game in itself, but one of the teams I think we might disagree on. The next game we're going to look at is Packers Vikings. Divisional game should definitely be a fun game, but. Am I crazy for thinking that the Vikings should not be the favorite in the NFC North? I've seen a couple of odds making sites, a lot of teams betting on the Vikings as the class of the NFC North. And I do not think the Vikings are going to take that step this year. And to be fair, they just picked up Yannick Ngakwe last week and you're going to add him opposite side from Daniel Hunter. That is a pretty reckless passing duo, a pass rush duo that the NFC North has to deal with. But I still think the Packers all around are a much better team. And you're talking about a Packers team whose defense improved mightily in 2019. Guys like Adrian Amos coming over, uh, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, those guys made valid contributions in just one year. 
So another year of getting used to each other. I, I think the Packers are the favorite in that division, and I think they're going to win week one. And I, I might say they win week one pretty comfortably. Okay. So I'm going to agree with you on Whoa. almost everything you said. Whoa. Like, I agree with you about the Vikings not being the favorite. I think the Packers should be the favorite. I think the um the Packers are ultimately going to win this game, but I'm definitely not going to say that they're going to win this easily. And I feel like last year we, we saw the reason why they're not going to win this game easily unless there has been vast improvements in such a short amount of time. And that's their run defense. Their run defense was very spotty at times last year against elite running backs. They really struggled. And sometimes against um, middling running backs, they even struggled. And this is going to be a very tough text for them. And it's going to set the tone for the rest of the season, honestly, And in Dalvin Cook. So we're going to see what this run defense is really made of. Um, like you said, I think their secondary is pretty solid with um, with key pieces out there like Jair Alexander and Adrian Amos. And it's... It's going to come down to that run defense and how they handle Dalvin Cook that really decides this game. Another deciding factor, not only for this game, but the rest of the season, I would say, is Aaron Rodgers. And listen, I love Aaron Rodgers, but over the past few seasons, I have I have seen the decline that people are talking about. And, you know, I haven't commented on it because I'm a Rodgers believer, but... He has lost some of that take over the game factor he used to have. And it really doesn't seem like he can he can take control of a game like he used to. And I want to see that from him this season, because if he can do that and this defense is up to par, then the Packers will also be a serious contender for a Super Bowl this year. But we still have to see that from them. I'm all in on the Packers this year. I think Rodgers is still that guy. I look at him as a top five quarterback still. Something I value a lot is the fact that he doesn't turn the ball over. He's had six interceptions in just in the past two seasons. I also value that. So I, I think a guy that is comfortable and knows what he's doing with the offense limits turnovers. I, I get what you're saying. The big playmaking ability from Rodgers is... We haven't seen it as consistently as we have over the past two years, like we saw in 2014, 2015. But I think Rodgers is going to get it done this year. I think the Packers make a nice playoff run this year. And for the Vikings, one more thing I want to add on that. I don't want to just be shitting all over the Vikings, but they lost guys who I believe are veterans on that team. And maybe they weren't playing at the same level they did in 2015, 2016, 2017, when the Vikings were a powerhouse in the NFC to a to an extent. But you talk about losing Stephon Diggs, Linval Joseph, and Xavier Rhodes, and those are veteran presidences that you're going to lose in the clubhouse. And they drafted a lot of guys this year. They, I think they had the most draft picks in the league with 15 draft picks. A lot of late round picks. I don't know how many of them are hanging aboard after the final cuts, but the Vikings are bringing in an infusion of youth, and I just think there's going to be minor hiccups, especially when you talk about a year you're coming in with no preseason games. I just think the Vikings are going to trip up a little bit and 
struggled to find their way throughout the season. I, I look at this team as uh, about a seven, eight, nine win team. And in, in that range, I know I just gave out three numbers, which are pretty different, but I, I don't see them as a playoff team in the NFC this year. Like they were. See, last I don't year. know if I agree with that. I don't know. I, I definitely think they will contend for a wild spot, wild card spot. And, you know, they, they're not going to be out of the division conversation either. I wouldn't say either. Like, I, I think that's definitely in the realm of possibility. But I guess that's a that's a conversation for a different day. Let's let's keep it moving. Let's let's keep going. Let's keep pushing. Now we'll get to the game I am most looking forward to. Tom Brady, Drew Brees in the Superdome. Sucks there's going to be no fans, but this game is going to be a classic in my opinion. I hope this isn't a freezing cold take, but I, I plan on slamming the over on this game. I, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Talk about Tom Brady coming to this offense with Bruce Arians at, at this head coach who was one of the best coaches in the league with the Cardinals in that year with the Colts. And then he retires and last year struggled to find his footing with Jameis at quarterback. But I think now he gets Tom Brady and this stacked offense. Shaq Barrett on the other side. Some nice key additions, some young players in Devin White and Antoine Whitfield. I think the Bucks are a pretty loaded team, as loaded as it gets. And then they go up against the Saints, who have dominated the NFC since 2017. They have, if you talk about just since 2017, I think there's no debate. The Saints have been the best team. I know that has resulted in Super Bowl success. But if you talk about year in, year out consistency, Regular season wins, getting deep into the playoffs. I know last year they didn't get deep in the playoffs, but two years prior they did. And I think the Saints are at in the class of the elite in the NFC. So seeing them welcome Tom Brady to the NFC for me is the most exciting game of the weekend. So with this game, I, I'm very interested to see how all of these pieces on the Bucks mesh together. I have a feeling that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady are going to get along just fine. And that the rest of the pieces are just going to fall in place. And everything is going to work out in the end. But I don't know if that's going to be like a seamless transition. There there might be some growing pains. There might be some adjustments to be had. And it's been a recurring theme throughout this pod. How we've been talking about how adjustments are it could be significantly hard, harder in this time in the NFL. And so on. I I just think the the Saints are a more complete team. Um, you you mentioned Shaq Barrett and Devin White, who are great defensive players on the Bucks, but outside of that, it, it gets a little shallow from there. And when you look at the Saints, they're just talented on all ends, and you know Drew, Drew Brees, uh, just a lot of returning players too, and and just. Everything seems to be lined up for them year after year. And this is just another year in their everlasting window for them to potentially get a Super Bowl. And for for those reasons, I'm going to go with the Saints to win this game. But I am definitely not sleeping on the Buccaneers moving forward. I just think this is going to be a tough opponent to go against to start the season. And it's going to be a tough loss. Well, you said everlasting window. Is that because they signed Jameis Winston to back up Drew Brees? 
that that's you know what it could be part of it you never know no, but i just <clears> thought it was interesting I you was, said that because i mean drew Brees was very close to retiring last year so i kind of looked at the season for the saints as this is it this is if you want to win a championship well yeah Brees, but i'm just saying they, they've been in contention oh yeah, for, for a long time of that's course all I'm saying. yeah no of course they've been in it but this might be the culmination of that of this three to four year run when you talk about the pass interference that didn't get called in the NFC Championship. You talk about the Minnesota Miracle. Talk about the classic game against the Vikings last year, the wild card game that they came so close. This is pretty much it for the Saints. If they don't win it this year, I mean, I actually am confident in Jameis Winston. I think they signed Jameis Winston and say, hey, you'll get a shot in 2021. Let's, let's just see if, you know, sitting behind Breeze for a year can do you favors. Because, I mean, the guy threw for 5,000 yards. And I know. Should've kept Teddy. He's become like a meme at this point, but I mean, he's got the potential to do exactly what the Saints want on offense. And he's got Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. He doesn't have uh, scrubs that he's throwing to. And I know he didn't have that problem in Tampa Bay either, but I think the future of the Saints is very intriguing. But of course, they are focused. They're all in on 2020. When you talk about drafting an offensive lineman in the first round to a team that has probably had one of the top five best offensive lines Going back to 2017, it's it's a peculiar decision because why stack up? Well, because we want to win this year. We want to make sure Drew Brees is protected at all costs and we can make this run the way it's intended to. In terms of this game, I like the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to go in and they're going to surprise the Saints a little bit. You talk, We keep talking about the continuity with these teams and dealing with the no preseason and dealing with the, the abbreviated trading camp. Tom Brady has been having secret meetings with his Buccaneers all off season long. He has not been affected one bit That's by true. this. He has been ready to go. And I think Brady, he didn't go to the Bucks without thinking that he had something to prove, right? He didn't just leave the Patriots and think, well, you know, I'm just going to go have fun in Tampa. No, I think Brady believes he has something to prove with this move to Tampa. And I think he's going to go show in week one against the best the NFC has had to offer for the past couple of years. And I think the Bucks go take down the Saints. In week one. Sounds sounds good, but we'll see if it plays out like that when the game actually comes around. Best game of the weekend, in my opinion. If you if you're listening to this and you want my suggestion at least on what game you need to be locked into at all times, it is the Buck Saints. And we're gonna finish up on a quarterback who I believe is must see, and you cannot miss him at any point. Jared Goff. I'm talking about Dak Prescott. So we got the fight. It's going to be the Sunday night game. Cowboys Rams. Interesting game. Uh, both of these teams are on a bit of a weird trajectory, right? They both missed the playoffs last year. There was high expectations for both of these teams last year. They missed the playoffs after a year where they played each other in the playoffs and the Rams won that game. But very interesting to see what happens with the Cowboys who bring in Mike McCarthy and what the Rams do getting rid of Todd Gurley and a lot of their guys who helped them on that Super Bowl run. So, but they also bring in Jalen Ramsey who has his first full season in LA. I don't know. This is a very, very not weird, but very peculiar game to me. I, I, cause I just don't know what I'm supposed to expect out of these teams. I could expect both of these teams to put up 40 a game for the all of 2020 but then I could also expect performances where they just collapse and 
it, we don't even know what happened. How it, ta- two teams this talented just choked her because they. I, I think choking was a big problem last year in terms of you get the Cowboys week sixteen against the Eagles and the Eagles have depleted secondary, depleted receiving core, and the Cowboys can't finish the job. You talk about the Rams who played the 49ers and the Rams are still in playoff contention and they gave up two third and 18s to Lou. I know it's the 49ers who went to the Super Bowl, but they had two third and 18s that they allowed to be completed and lost that game. So talk about collapses. These two teams epitomized that last year. And I don't know. I'm just I'm excited for both of their 2020 seasons, but I I, I got to be honest. I'm like scared for them to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um. When I look at these two teams, I see a lot of potential for growth and also a lot of potential for failure. And it's going to be interesting to see how that paradigm kind of forms throughout the season. I guess you could call them high risk, high reward teams. If you will. But if I'm looking at these teams on paper, um, I, I think the the Cowboys, honestly, like we people talk a lot about the Rams and their offensive firepower all the time, um, barring like, you know, any complaints about Jared Goff. But this this Cowboys team this season really, really has it set up like you, you have you have Ezekiel Elliott. Um, barring Travis Frederick, you still have, I'm retiring, you you still have a solid O-line. You have Michael Gallup, you have Amari Cooper, you have CeeDee Lamb added through the draft. This, this offensive unit is stacked, but it is worth noting some of the, um, the defensive losses, of course, Byron Jones being the biggest one for the Cowboys. And on the other hand, you know, you, you have this full... Um, Rams defensive unit that on paper should be one of the best in the league and for that reason because just because of the well-rounded nature of the team I think I I still have faith in Jared Goff to bounce back I think this year there's going to be a lot more creative game planning by Sean McVay to really get the offense moving and I, I think overall when I look at it on paper the 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 Rams are just the more well-rounded team. So I'm going to take the Rams week one over the Cowboys, even though I still have the Cowboys going to the playoffs. I won't forget that. That's pretty interesting because I think a lot of people would think the Cowboys are the more well-rounded team and not just against the Rams, but in terms of, cause everyone loves to talk about, well, the Cowboys have been the, one of the most talented teams of football and they can't make the playoffs. I mean, I, it's kind of interesting you go that route. Uh, I think the Cowboys are the most. I, I would actually agree on that side, those yelling people. I, I think the Cowboys are a more well-rounded team. And I, really? think, I think they just needed a bit of uh, a jump start. And I think getting rid of Jason Garrett, who at times probably got the brunt of it when he didn't deserve it. But I think getting a new life and a new energy into Dallas was important for them. And I think it's going to lead to pretty instant success. I have high hopes for the Cowboys in 2020. I look at them as I see the first level of the NFC being the Bucks, Saints, and 49ers. I see the Cowboys on the second level and ascending to the first. Ezekiel Elliott's back. That three-headed monster they have at receiver is pretty ridiculous. 
when you talk about C.D. Lamb drafted in the first round, he comes to play with Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. That offense is ready to roll. The defense did lose some key pieces, but I think the offense will do enough to where they can help balance those losses. And it's going to be a good Cowboys team. With the Rams, I, I listen, it's tough for me to bet against a team that has Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. It's, it, it makes no sense to me how I'm going to bet against a team that has those two studs on defense. But I just think their offense did take a bit of a turn for the worse when you get rid of Todd Gurley and you don't have an immediate plan at running back. They Sean McVay was talking about how, yeah, he's comfortable with the re-running backs. You know, I, I don't know the exact quote was. I'm going to try to find it real quick, but he was pretty comfortable with the fact that the Rams are going to have three quarter, three running backs. And while that's not bad, he has a guy like Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson. I just think if you have, it's kind of like the same with quarterbacks. If you have three quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. I kind of subscribe to that theory with running backs, at least in this case. And I just don't think they have a, a, a solid, dependable back in the running game. And Jared Goff, it's going to be interesting to see. He's the number one overall pick from 2016. So will he be able to... Because I feel like there's always been something missing with Jared Goff. He's been a good player. I don't think people can take away what Jared Goff has done. He's been to a Super Bowl in just a short period of time. But I always think there's something missing with Jared Goff. and. I think we're going to we're going to continue to see him grow. But for this week, I think he's going up against I don't know if you've heard of this guy. His name's Dak Prescott. And I think Dak is going to have a nice game in LA and the Cowboys will win week 1. Um I I'm still hung up on the fact that that you think like the the Cowboys are overall a a better constructed roster than the Rams. I, I agree on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball, I just feel like like for the like like you said, like this team went to a Super Bowl like two years ago. And I feel like enough of those foundational pieces are there. And for for those foundational pieces that that left, they they've been replaced like like Jalen Ramsey came in and I don't know. I just think the the potential is still very high. The ceiling is still very high for this Rams team. If they put it together, if Sean McVay can can get that offense back to working at what we know is their full capacity because we've seen them perform at such a high level. See, I just think I like the Cowboys defense a bit more than other people because I know they lost Byron Jones and Robert Quinn, and I understand if people are turned off by that. But I still see Jalen Smith, Sean Lee, Leighton Van Der Esch as your linebackers, Demarcus Lawrence as a pass rusher. They brought in Everson Griffin. He's going to be rushing the passer on the opposite side. I think there's still things to like on this Cowboys defense. Is it as good as it was last year? Mm, probably not. But I don't think it's, uh, it's going to be that big of a difference, in my opinion. Because they were around the ninth or 10th best defense last year. I say their their floor this year is around, you know, 15, 16. Really? Yeah, I, okay. I don't think it's going to have a big fall off. I, they also drafted a guy I really like out of Tulsa, Reggie Robinson, to play cornerback. I think he's a physical guy. If they, you know, keep him impressed, he played a lot of press coverage at Tulsa. And I think he can help out a lot in 
that regard. So Shadobi Awuzie is still there. Xavier Woods still there. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just higher on this Cowboys team than most, which wouldn't be surprising, especially to you. But that's just where I stand with this team. Okay. I mean, I'm high on the team too. Like, I still have them going to the playoffs. Like, but I, I just think the, the Rams just. I, I feel like last year's performance is very deceiving for the amount of talent that's actually on this team. Well, I, well, I guess that goes for the Cowboys too. Mm-hmm. Like, because of the eight and eight record. But, but still, I, I feel like more people have been. Well, people have been down on the Cowboys too. But I feel like definitely like the the Jared Goff hate train. The, the kind of writing off the Rams, I, I feel like I've seen it a lot more than, and, and it's, and it said like, it's such a short thing too, that like, I, I just really can't get behind it. Listen, I think this will be a good Sunday night game. I, I think it's not going to be the best Sunday night game we've seen, especially because these two teams did not play any preseason games. Like we're we're gonna get some ugly games week one, but I also think we're gonna get some really high scoring games mixed in there. I'm really pumped for week one. Any other games that just pop off to you during the schedule before we sign off? Um, well, <laughs> I'm going to give the answer you're about to hate. Honestly, everyone might hate oh, this I, answer. I know what the answer like, is. Yeah, obviously, but come on. Come on. Like, what did you expect me to say when you asked that question? Come on. Raiders, Panthers, because not only, not only are the Raiders going to pick up a fat W on Sunday, I get to see my man Teddy Bridgewater, Ooh. who who you know, I, you can go back in the podcast archives and pull out some of the sound bites I have said about Ter- Teddy Bridgewater, and they still hold true. He finally gets to show himself as a true starting QB again, and I can't wait. I think the Panthers, although not a playoff team, you know, could surprise some people with how good they actually are on the offensive side of the ball. Me on my end, you know how high I am on the Browns every year. I'm once again conducting this uh, Browns hype train. I'm back on it year after year. You could always catch me driving it. I think them versus the Ravens week one is going to be a fun game. I think Baker has something to prove. I think this whole Browns team has something to prove. And I don't think it's going to be just a Lamar shackling. I think the Ravens will probably win. But I think the Browns are going to put up a really good fight. Also... I'm cheating here, but Cam Newton, seeing Cam Newton on the Patriots is is pretty exciting. I, I really don't know what to expect, but I, I can see a scenario which Cam Newton on the Patriots is a thing that people didn't expect to be as good. But then by week five or six, we're like, is Cam Newton an MVP candidate? I don't know. I, I think I see a scenario in which that happens. Well, it's definitely like the, you know, the the mystery behind like how how Cam has been been treating himself, how how he's recovered from from injury, and it, it was this really a fall off or was it just other factors being involved? And now he's going to be back. And then also, of course, there's the Bill Belichick factor, where you 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 think he can do no wrong, and we're going to see if it pans out that way with Cam Newton and this Patriots team this year. I can't wait anymore, man. It's been too long. Need football back on Sunday. Get me to Sunday already. I'm hype. I know Nick's hype. Hope you guys are too. 
Hope you keep checking out the podcast. Check out the website. By Saturday, we're going to have previews for all 32 teams. The AFC is finished. We're going to work out the NFC, get it done by Saturday, Sunday-ish. Before you watch the game Sunday, all 32 previews will be available on thennowsports.com. Keep up with our Instagram. We're posting picks daily. And that's pretty much it. Hope you guys enjoy the greatness that's about to come this weekend. And take a look out for our Super Bowl prediction that should be going up tomorrow. If it's not, I apologize, but should be going up tomorrow on our Instagram. And with that, um, peace.